Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, my name's Joel. I'm one of the pastors here at Celebration Church, and welcome to the final service of Christmas in Edmonton. We're so glad to have you here tonight. It has been an amazing day. Isn't Christmas just the best? Don't you love it? I love it so much. I love the movies. I love the light displays, going out to the light displays. I love the cookies. Like when else in your life are people just randomly giving you boxes of cookies? I love it. It's incredible. If you are a cookie lover like me, Christmas is a great time of year. Um, I love the advent calendars. It's been such a fun month watching my kids destroy their advent calendars. Um, I love them, you know, when they're opening gifts tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. As a kid, I always loved Christmas. I was like the last one up for school. I was that one sleeping in until the last second who would often make us late for school. But on Christmas, I was up at 5 a.m. I was the first one in the house up. Anybody else like that? Oh, yeah. I hope you're still like that. You haven't lost the wonder of Christmas. I remember driving my parents nuts. Oh, it's great. I love Christmas. And I just want to thank you so much for trusting us with this special time together today. You know, I've been a pastor here for just over 10 years, and it's been one of the greatest honors of my life to be a pastor here. It's incredible. I remember when I first got this position, I was so excited And I was like extra zealous. Like I was just all over it. I would like unnecessarily work 60 hours a week. I just loved it. Be like, oh, I'm working 60 hours a week. What are you doing? I don't know. I just like being here, okay? I wasn't very efficient either. So anyways, (laughs) I loved working here. And one of my first years here, I was uh, tasked with the job of decorating the whole interior of this place for the Christmas season. Oh, I was so excited about this. You know, when you, you, when you first start a new job, you're just going above and beyond. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, man, you're just you're trying to prove yourself. You're trying to prove I was worth hiring. Trust me. And so I got this task of, of decorating the inside of this place. And back in those days, it was like the pallet season. Remember on Pinterest when people were using pallets for like outdoor couches, pallets for bed frames? Do you remember those days? We'd rip pallets apart. We'd put up pallet walls in our houses. This is what people would do. It was all over Pinterest. I'm pretty sure they were making underwear out of pallets back then. There's pallets everywhere. And I decided, okay, I want to make this huge pallet wall to really blow people away this Christmas season. And it was just out here in the lobby, just to my right out there, there was this massive pallet wall. Yeah, it was right there. And so a couple of me and a couple of the young guys uh, we went out, we went to a bunch of the businesses behind us and around us. We collected all these pallets, pallet after pallet. We stacked them up in the truck, brought them back. These two young guys, they worked so hard a whole week of just screwing these pallets together, getting them up, and it was amazing. People love this thing. A couple other guys came in and built these Christmas letters. We still use those Christmas letters out front on the road today. Um, but we, we loved it, and we got so many compliments on this pallet wall. All people wanted to take their Christmas picture with it. I loved just standing in that hallway and, and just drinking it in, watching people love this wall. It was so amazing. I thought it was so beautiful. I was so proud of this thing. And it was so amazing that after Christmas season, we decided to take the letters off 
and use it for some other stuff. We had it up for a few weeks after Christmas. And then one day, the fire inspector showed up. <laughs> and the fire inspector did their normal rounds, and I had to head out in the middle of the inspection, but the fire inspection went, they did, they checked all the entrances, they checked the extinguishers as they always do. And then they phoned me at the end of the inspection and they said, hey, Joel, the building looks great. You guys have done a great job keeping everything up. I was like, awesome, thank you. Except this pallet wall that you have up. That's gonna have to come down right now. And I was so offended. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I dreamt this beautiful thing up. All these people worked so hard. We put this thing up and now you're telling me that this thing is bad? You don't understand. And so I thought to myself, you know what? It's our building. <laughs> it's our pallet wall. I don't even know who this person is. <laughs> and so I said, well, thank you for your advice, but the wall is staying up. <laughs> and they were like, excuse me? I'm like, yeah, you know what? We worked hard on that thing. I understand you're saying it's dangerous, but we've had it up for quite some time now. No issues. And they were like, oh, you've had it up for quite some time? I'm like, yeah, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And uh, they said, look, it's got to come down. I'm like, no, sorry. You can send me the inspection. Have a nice day. Hung up the phone. And I thought, ah, whatever. It's all good. We'll keep our pallet wall up. We'll go on with life. And uh, about five minutes later, I get another phone call. I'm like, oh, okay. I answer the phone. And uh, the person on the other line says, hey, Joel. I'm like, hey. He's like, is this the Joel from Celebration Church? I'm like, well, yes, it is. You got the right person. And he said, well, my name is so-and-so. I'm the fire chief in the area. I was like, oh, how can I help you? And he was like, I understand you're refusing to take down this dangerous pallet wall. Well, refusing is a little bit of a harsh word. I don't know about refusing. <laughs> we had a conversation about it. Uh, he said, okay, here's what's going to happen. This pallet wall is unsafe. We're deeming it unsafe, and it needs to come down now. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show up there at any point within the next 24 hours unannounced. And if that pallet wall is not taken down, you're going to receive a fine. And the maximum amount of fine for this infraction is $100,000. Have a nice day. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> the pallet wall was beautiful, but it was not safe. And I thought I had all this stuff figured out. I, I thought I, I was, things were going great. I thought everything was going to be fine. But it turns out I was putting our whole entire building, everything we had built as a church for years and years at risk because... I thought I knew the truth, but it turns out that I didn't. And sometimes we can be living our lives like this. We can feel like we have it all figured out, but what if we're missing the main point of life itself? And Christmas is the celebration of the great life we have because of what Jesus did for us while he was here on earth. And we can miss the whole point of Christmas if we see Jesus as just a symbolic figure, someone in ancient history, or maybe a good moral teacher, but he has no real relevance in our life today. 
And earlier we heard the Christmas story, and part of the Christmas story comes from Matthew chapter 1. I want to read it to you today, 18 to 22. It says, this is how the birth of the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet he did not want to expose her to public uh, disgrace, he had in mind to divorce, divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So who is this Jesus that we've been singing and talking about tonight? Well, Matthew chapter one says his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Jesus said on multiple occasions in the Bible that he was and he is the son of God. But he didn't just say that, he proved it. You see, I can tell you today that my name is Connor McDavid. But... If I, all you would have to do is tell me to put on some skates and go out there and skate with the rest of the Oilers and I will quickly prove to you that I'm a liar. (laughs) And part of how Jesus proved that he was and is the son of God is by the many miracles that he performed. He would come across people with needs and if someone was blind, they'd be able to see. If someone was mute, they would be able to speak once they came in encounter with Jesus. And even, he even raised the dead back to life. And these miracles were witnessed by people who spent part of his life with them, and they recorded these events, events not long after his death. And Jesus finally proved himself once and for all after he died and three days later rose again from the grave. And the Bible says that over 500 people witnessed him walking around on this earth for 40 days after his death. Jesus is God as a person. He's God in the flesh. And before Jesus' arrival, God was up there, but because of Jesus, God came down and he was here with us. God became man so that we could be with God. And what I've noticed in all other religions is that all of them have some form of us getting to the God that they serve. All of them have some sort of thing that we must do, some sort of action that we must take to go and and be with the, the God of that certain religion. But the message of Jesus is not about what you must do, but what about what about what has already been done for you. And Christmas is the celebration of the creator of the universe coming to this earth. And that Jesus wants a personal relationship with you. But what exactly would that personal relationship do? I mean, why do we need Jesus and how does he work in our lives? Well, Matthew chapter one as well says, he will save his people from their sins. 
But do we really need a savior? Are we really that bad that we need a savior? I mean, you're all pretty good people, aren't you? When I was, I was standing and watching everybody pull in for this service tonight, and you guys are much better behaved than the people I saw at Southgate Mall this week. <laughs> you just pulled in your parking spots, you know, you let people go, whatever. You're all pretty good people. Unlike Southgate Mall, people are honking, giving each other the finger, swearing. You guys are good people. But the issue with the statement that we are good people is the immeasurability of good. See, what is good to some people is not so good to other people. Take alcohol, for instance. In all areas of the world, there seems to be a different measure of good around alcohol. See, some areas, the legal drinking age is 15. Some areas, the legal drinking age is 21. Some areas don't even have a legal drinking age at all. And in some areas of the world, it's banned completely. So we can't even agree on a measure of alcohol for, of, of good for alcohol. So how can we have some one big moral measure of good altogether? And even if we did have that, how good is good enough? And what happens when you're not good? We're all human. We all have regrets, mistakes, things we wish we wouldn't have said or done. And sometimes when these things happen in our life, they will do something that negatively impacts someone else. And sometimes someone else will do something that negatively impacts us. And even if the impact isn't on one another, if it's not back and forth, sometimes we'll do some things that negatively impact ourselves. And when we do some, something like this that has a negative impact, there's a debt that's created. Some, and, and these instances are what God has defined as sin. And when sin occurs, there's a debt that's created. Like if I lent you $100, if I lent you $100, and you were like, okay, sweet, I need that $100. And you go and you take that and you spend that $100. And then a little while later, I say, hey, where's my $100? You say, I'm sorry, I just can't pay it back. There's a debt that'd be created. And I could say to you, okay, you know what? Don't worry about it. I forgive the debt. Well, the debt, the $100, it doesn't just vanish. What happens if I forgave the debt? I paid the debt. So the $100 came from me. And Matthew chapter one tells us Jesus will save his people from their sins. In other words, Jesus pays the debt. And 700 years before Jesus came to this earth, God made a promise that he would pay the debt through Jesus, that he would show us compassion. And he did it through Jesus. But it's not just your sin that Jesus saves you from. God saves you from other people's sin as well. And we're surrounded in life by people who can hurt us, who can cause us deep pain and hurt. And you can find yourself as you go through life having a heavy heart, carrying pain, bitterness, anger, resentment, and unforgiveness. And those who are supposed to be closest to you can become distant from you 
because of the emotional pain they've caused. And the closer someone is to us, the deeper pain they can cause in our life. But Jesus saves us from this pain. He came to save people, not just from their sin, but the sin of others and from the pain we experience just from the world we live in. He does this through a relationship to Jesus. He does this through relationship to him. How exactly does that work? Well, when people hurt you with words, God heals you with his word. When someone betrays you, oh, you have Jesus in your life. Jesus was betrayed by one of his closest friends, which ultimately led to his death. He understands exactly what you're going through. When you're grieving, it says he's a comforter. When you're lost, it says he's a guide. When you're in pain, you have the person in your life who experienced the most painful death that anyone could ever experience. And he does all of this, the saving through his word, his spirit, and his people. And God moved heaven and earth to ensure that Jesus would be born for you and for me. First, he speaks to this prophet all these years before Jesus was ever born. He gets people looking forward to this thing. He, he speaks it into existence. And then the Holy Spirit comes and works in Mary's life, and she has a miraculous conception. And then when Joseph is rightfully confused and wants to run away from this whole ordeal, God sends an angel to be with Joseph because Jesus came as an innocent little baby and Jesus needed a protector, so he needed Joseph to stay. And God wants you to know Jesus personally. Jesus wants you to know him personally. And when we know people personally, we often have different names for them, don't we? Like most people call me Joel, but my kids, they call me dad. They have a different name for me. My parents call me son. My wife calls me Jolie, which is a little bit triggering to be honest, because growing up, my parents called me Roly-Poly Jolie. Um, but Jesus has all sorts of different names because no one name could contain all of who he is. And we've sang about his different names tonight. That he's a wonderful counselor. He counsels through his spirit and his word. He's the mighty God. You're not alone. The creator of the universe is always with you. He's the everlasting father. So if you feel rejected and abandoned by people, you always belong to him. He's the prince of peace. So the world around you can be chaotic and seem like such a mess, but you can have inner peace with the presence of God in your life. He's the Messiah. He's God here on earth. And he's Emmanuel. He wants to be present and personal to you. And the most important name Jesus has is who he is to you personally. Is he your Emmanuel? Have you allowed him into your life to be God in your life? It says he will save his people from their sins. But he not only does that, he enables us to live free from our sins and to forgive those who sin against us. Is he God in your life? The Bible says Jesus will stand at the door and knock. The question is, will you let him in? And how exactly 
Do you let him in? Do you receive Jesus? Well, when that fire chief called me that day and he called me out, I, I thought I had everything figured out and he, he let me know what the truth was. I knew I had to do one thing, surrender. He confronted me with the truth and I had to lay down my idea of what I thought truth to be so that I could experience true freedom that day. I had to surrender when I was confronted by the truth. And that is maybe a place that some of us find ourselves in today. Perhaps many of us are living with the assumption that we think we know best. But what if we're wrong? Maybe some of us think that Jesus is just this symbolic figure or this good moral teacher, or maybe some of us think he wasn't real at all. He was just some fairy tale, and he has the same place in your life that Santa does. He kind of comes around at Christmas time and then goes away and has no impact on the rest of the year. I want to tell you tonight, he was and is who he says he was, the true son of God who died to set us free. And this Christmas, he can be Emmanuel to you, God in your life. This isn't just a Christmas story. This is history. And this Christmas, you can become part of the story that God is writing here on earth today. You can receive the gift of Jesus. And if you want to follow him, I'm just going to pray a quick six-word prayer, and you can repeat after me. And everybody who calls Celebration Church home is going to repeat this as well in agreement with you as you pray this prayer. Just repeat it after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Let's put our hands together for everybody who prayed that prayer today. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationemmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.